1972 missing congressman and private Justin Bergwinkle. Tales of haunting, murder, and scary mysteries. Every week, Twisted Twos dives into a pair of uniquely terrifying true stories that are worthy of a more in-depth look. For this week, we focus on the mysterious disappearance of two congressmen in Alaska and the unusual case of Private Justin Bergwinkle. Get ready for Scary Mysteries, Twisted Twos. Number 1. 1972 Missing Congressman The six-seater Cessna 310 was flying out of Anchorage and heading to Juneau, Alaska on October 16, 1972. The flight was estimated to be around three and a half hours, but for Alaska Congressman Nick Begick, who was 40 years old, and Louisiana Congressman Hale Boggs, who was 58, this flight would be their last. The two representatives were accompanied by Russell Brown, who was 37, who served as Nick Bachett's aide, and their pilot, Don Jones, who was 38 years old, who was a chief pilot and had over 17,000 hours of flight time under his belt. Leaving Anchorage at 9 a.m., they were scheduled to attend a political rally since Bajich was running for re-election. He was going to actively campaign in Juneau. Carrying about six hours' worth of fuel, the plane was to fly to Yucatat and from there straight to Juneau. During takeoff, it was good weather, but turned problematic as the day wore on. There was a heavy fog in Yucatat, as well as in Juneau. What's more, as headwinds, rain, and poor visibility in the areas they were flying over were forecasted. Nevertheless, the flight went on, but somewhere en route to Juneau, that plane went down. A huge search was put underway. In fact, it was considered one of the largest searches in United States history. For 39 days, both military and civilian personnel scoured a large swatch of Alaska from the coastline, Elias Mountain Range, and the entirety of Prince William Sound. Both air and ground searches were conducted several times, but they couldn't find the craft or its passengers. After over a month of searching, on November 24th, the search was halted. It would take one more month when, on December 29th, the passengers were finally proclaimed dead. Investigators and searchers provided possible scenarios of what exactly happened. They said it likely crashed because of poor weather or visibility, or possibly both. It's possible the plane sank into the depths of the Prince William Sound or hit a snowy mountain and got buried. Unfortunately, the plane didn't have an emergency locator transmitter despite being a requirement by law, and this made the search more difficult. Even though two congressmen were officially declared dead, both won their re-election bids. Congressman Bacich won the election against his rival, Republican Don Young. After his disappearance, another election was put in place, and that's when Young took over. Meanwhile, Congressman Boggs' wife took over, replacing her husband. She was a successful representative that went on to serve eight more terms. You could think that the story ended there, that this was another unfortunate plane accident that occurred in the Alaskan wilderness, but there could be more to it, according to some people. It turns out Congressman Bacich was of the famous Warren Commission tasked with finding out who killed President John F. Kennedy. Despite announcing Lee Harvey Oswald was alone, there was persistent rumors Boggs didn't agree with the commissioner's final decision and tried to get the case reopened. Two years prior to the crash, 
Boggs was in a serious car accident. In 1970, someone rammed his car as he was driving in Washington. He chased after the vehicle and took down notes of its license plate. He presented this to police, but to this day, there are no records showing the police ever investigated the report. The following year, Boggs said he was sure the FBI had been listening to his phone conversations. And it wasn't just him. Several representatives also claimed the same thing. He said he won't elaborate on the issue until their personal investigation was over, but he later called for J. Edgar Hoover, the first director of the FBI, to resign. As for Bechich, his wife, Peg, remarried just over a year after the congressman disappeared. She married a man named Jerry Paisley, who was known to have ties with the Mafia. Their marriage didn't last long, and later on, Paisley was arrested for murder. During his arrest, he offered information about unsolved murders, and he said something curious, that he helped transport a bomb inside a briefcase to Alaska back in 1972. He was given the case by a lieutenant from Arizona and simply told he needed to bring it to Anchorage. Once there, he was met by two men who took the briefcase from him, he was informed something big will happen. When the FBI was informed of Paisley's testimony, they only did a cursory investigation and quickly closed the case. Paisley passed away in 2010 and no one knows if what he said was true or simply a fabrication. Even now, the mysterious disappearance and possible death of the two congressmen remains unsolved. Number 2. Private Justin Bergwinkle A soldier gone AWOL isn't all that unusual, but there are certain cases that generate more questions than answers, such was the instance with Justin Bergwinkle. From the start, Justin from Massachusetts had only one goal. He was set on joining the United States Army to become a member of a special elite branch, the Rangers. Justin was serious about this goal and made sure to score high on his test scores. He also started learning foreign languages in preparation for it. But his plans for joining were dashed when he was caught shoplifting and then arrested. He was sent to be stationed at Fort Ord, close to Monterey, California, and instead of being on his way to the Rangers, he was tasked to work in the kitchen, cooking meals for the officers. Then in August of 1992, on a weekend trip to Santa Clara, he met Iolanda Antunes, a student studying at the nearby university. The two began dating and Justin would drive over 80 miles each time just to see her. It was fine at first until Iolanda began to notice unusual behavior coming from Justin. There were times when they would be hanging out and Justin would just leave, saying he needed to get back to Fort Ord right away. When asked why, he would tell her she was better off not knowing and these sort of conversations went on for a while. After three years at Fort Ord, Justin was transferred and stationed at Fort Lewis in Washington. It took him several months before he could visit Iolanda again, but when he finally did in May of 1993, he acted even stranger. This time, Iolanda noted Justin always had a briefcase with him. He was so careful not to show the contents to anyone, and that included her. She did see him take out papers from the briefcase and shred them to bits at one time, Justin's unusual actions didn't stop there, though. 
Iolanda even caught him crying. She asked if there was anything wrong, but he said no. Then when Justin was out, Iolanda got a call. This caller was for Justin, and he asked her to tell him that the mission was off. He didn't elaborate or say anything more, and when she relayed the message, Justin looked terrified. He went back to Fort Lewis days later, called his parents, although they didn't notice anything unusual, and bought two handguns with lots of bullets. He never provided any reason to Iolanda or anybody close to him as to why he bought them. Then suddenly he vanished from the station. On June 4, 1993, Justin was scheduled to work in the kitchen in Fort Lewis, but he was nowhere to be found. After three days with no word from him, he was then considered AWOL. He instead turned up at Iolanda's apartment. He spoke with his parents, explaining he wasn't AWOL, but was working. He then called officers at Fort Lewis, assuring them he was going to be back, but needed to attend to some business first. He continued to crash at Iolanda's apartment for several more days. When she inquired what was happening, he said to watch White Sands, a thriller movie dealing with arms smuggling involving the CIA and FBI. The last time Iolanda saw Justin was on June 12th. He left around 10 a.m. that day and never returned. Despite pleadings from his family for the Army to look for him, there was hardly anything done. It would be three months before clues of Justin's whereabouts turned up, and unusually, it was at a motel close to Monterey, California. His car was abandoned in the parking lot there. When they checked the motel records, if he had ever checked in, his name wasn't on the list. They checked the vehicle, and they couldn't find his purchased handguns. In the trunk, they found the briefcase along with a few of his personal items, including his credit cards, wallet, car keys, and his military ID. Strangely, his dog tags were also there. His disappearance has become a mystery for many. His family believes he might have gotten involved with some shady or secret army intelligence. Others believe he vanished on his own. There are those that speculate he might have suffered from some type of mental illness that went undiagnosed, leading him to acting erratically and paranoid. Of course, there's also the possibility he might have been telling the truth all along, that somewhere along the way he got involved in covert operations, legal or not, and wound up paying the price for what he knew. To this day, the case of Private Justin Bergwinkle remains unsolved. So there were two of the most mysterious and strange stories around. The world can be a crazy place and Twisted Twos is sure to show you why. If you guys enjoyed watching this video, then please subscribe to our channel. We have new videos coming out every single Wednesday and Saturday for you to check out. I appreciate you tuning in, and I'll see you soon.